It's the Sleepers Podcast, Wednesday, September 13th. A bit all over the place today. I want to preface this entire episode with a simple fact. I am uncaffeinated this morning, and I don't know what that's going to look like for my podcasting abilities, but uh, I've been a little jittery this week, Cart, so I'm, I'm going to give it a day, see if the body feels a little better, if the mind feels a little sharper. Right now, the mind does not feel sharper. Right now, the mind feels like an eraser that is like 95% gone and is trying to erase, and it's just not working. Hmm. Well, that's quite the metaphor you just used, uh, but also, if that's the case, then it's probably good that you're trying to cut back on caffeine because that means you're too dependent. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. But with that said, going cold turkey is an insane move. I could I could see maybe cutting it down to like half a cup or something, but just going completely gone, uh, you're a brave soul, my friend. Could not be me. Also, I'm gone for like 24 hours. I'm going to have the coffee back tomorrow. <laughs> that's the plan. But yeah, right now my brain feels as dull as the brains of those who don't have Braden Smith as a top 35 player in the big 10. More on that later this week, but uh, (laughs) just a little, little teaser for maybe Thursday or Friday's episode for now though. uh, We're going to do some kind of all over the place topics. We're going to talk about the quote of the century from a Detroit lions player. And then we're going to do a little speculation on who Michigan State's football coach will be in the future, if they're going to make an outside hire or not, and who those candidates should be. And then we're going to do one team from every single college basketball conference that we would bet on to make the final four. Uh, Could get interesting when we talk about some of the higher major conferences. I know we did our final four teams a couple weeks ago, but uh, I had a couple from one conference, I believe. So uh, this could get exciting we'll see i'm curious what you're going to do with that but for now we start the episode as normal with carter elliott's favorite youtube comment of the day all right i got that pulled up right here this comment comes from Illini rocket and i think this might be directed towards you and i'd like to hear your thoughts on it i think i'd have michigan fifth at the best among big 10 teams since 2000 behind msu wisconsin maryland and ohio state you can make an argument for Illinois and or Purdue over Michigan as well. From 2000 to 2011, Michigan was mediocre to bad, whereas Wisconsin, Maryland, and Ohio State were pretty consistently good over that entire span. Your thoughts on Michigan being the fifth best team in the Big Ten since 2000? Who Whose comment was this? Illini Rocket. Illini Rocket. Uh, I, I get how you could feel that way. We must have different grading scales of this. And maybe my grading scale is coming from the place of a Michigan fan on this. So I don't know. I I don't care about consistency the way some do. Consistency matters if you're making the tournament every year. Consistency matters if you're like, oh, I make a final four every four seasons. Like that's those are important resume notes for Tom Izzo consistency of just like, oh, my team's been like top 35 for 30 years means absolutely nothing to me. Like I I would 100 times out of 100 take a miserable decade for the decade that John Beeline just gave me over whatever Maryland has had post their national title. But since we're going all the way back to 2000, I guess their national title counts. But looking through some of the other teams that he said, like there is no argument for Purdue ahead of Michigan. There's none. I'm sorry. Like Matt Painter 
has had a great career. Matt Painter's had horrible years at Purdue. <laughs> like, we're not acting like he's always been atop the Big Ten standings. Uh, Ohio State, really? Like, I, I don't know. Thad Mata was great. I, I view Thad, Thad Mata's tenure similar to how I view John Beeline's, but I don't think, like, what followed Thad necessarily elevates Ohio State above Michigan in my mind. Um I don't know. I I had well, a, they what, they third? they got a national title in that span though, don't they? Ohio State? Oh, I'm sorry. They lost in the championship yeah. game, right? Yeah. yeah. Look, wow. you go up and down the list. Almost every program lost in the title game. Wisconsin lost in the title game. Ohio State lost in the title game. Michigan lost in two title games, like except Purdue. They had not lost in the title. Game. Purdue, they haven't even gotten there. So I don't know. You can you can mismatch those 3 to me. Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan. I won't fight you on it too much. I'm not understanding why Maryland should be ahead unless you're just going back far enough to say they want a title. They have to be ahead, in which case, okay, I guess. Yeah, I want to piggyback your statement, though, about because I think you made, you brought up a really good point about consistency matters when that consistency is something that you can kind of latch on to. I guess that's a term I would use. Like you said, I don't want to consistently be – top 35 and you know go out in the round of 32 like that's not that's not fun i would trade a national championship or a final four or for you know or like i don't know i guess second weekends or something like that if i had to put up with maybe one or two bad years i would trade that like if you're consistently good but consistently good doesn't really get you anywhere to like heights that your program has never been that just, I don't know. That's uh what what's the phrase? If you keep doing things over and over again, it's like insanity or something like that. Something along those lines. Oh, I thought you were making a poor joke again. <laughs> I thought you were gonna somehow. Oh no, back. no. There's there's poor? actually some there's actually some phrase along the lines of repeating something or you keep doing something is insanity. I don't know what the phrase is. I'm sure someone's gonna cook me for this in the comments, but yeah. Uh okay. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, maybe is insanity. Something I think like that. that's what it is. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh. So I don't know how GPAs work. Not a math podcast. Hashtag. Don't forget it. But uh, like if you were to tell me that your student got a C plus in every class, that's consistent. C plus is across the board. Consistency. I would rather my kid gets six A pluses and then one total 0% F in a class. And I don't know, maybe that F moves their GPA down lower than the kid that got C pluses. Doesn't mean your kid's smarter than my kid if you get C pluses every single week. Uh, little little look to the future. Murph's definitely going to have an F in some class, but she's going to get A pluses everywhere else. I can promise you that. That's crazy. You're concerned about grades. <laughs> I should just be doing hand-eye coordination, box yeah. jumps. Yeah, one one of my boys who was my senior when I was a freshman, there was a night where I tried to stay in and, like, do homework. And the phrase he literally said to me was, "Did does 50 Cent do homework? And I couldn't really respond. And I was like, I guess not. And he just shut my notebook and said, all right, come on, we're going out. Words to live by? That really molded a young Carter Elliott into who he is today? It was until he started doing it for everything. Like we were eating lunch and I was like blowing on my suit because it was hot. And he was like, dog, like would 50 cent blow on his suit? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not about to eat something that's going to burn my tongue. Where where did he draw the line at with the 50 cent questions? Like, 
I mean, it, it went like across the board. It truly did. That's and great. it was always 50 cent too. Yeah, there must be something going on there. That's interesting. Okay. Shout well, out Mike Smith. Thanks for sharing. Uh yeah, shout out Mike Smith, my favorite small point guard. Elite yeah. eight, Mike Smith. No, the Albion Mike Smith. The Mike Smith that dunked oh, so the... on somebody and said he blacked out and went to the bench and asked me what happened. <laughs> All right. That might be a better Mike Smith. <laughs> let's uh let's move to the Discord. If you want to join the Discord, you can do so. There's a link in the description. Uh we will be sending the betting newsletter there. I believe Thursday morning this week is our target for that. But again, our bets were on fire. We are combined 16 and six on college football picks this season with some fun ones on top of that. I'm two and one on teaser of the week. Uh, We've had some long shot parlays with life. So we'll be doing all the research today. We'll be doing the write up today. You can get the newsletter in the discord. It's nine 99 a month. Join on a desktop. And uh, then you can have access to everything sleepers that we don't make available to the public, including us reading your comments. Every single day we read the comments from the discord. Let's jump back to uh, yesterday where we have Matt F picking up. He was a little late. He wanted this on yesterday's episode, but he missed it. He says topic for tomorrow. My bookie who I've never met calls me bud. Every time he texts to settle up, I'm not a fan, especially when I'm already mad. My gambling week sucked. How do I address this? Thinking of hitting him with a here you go kiddo when I send him to Apple Pay. Yeah, that that honestly absolutely annoys the F, the absolute hell out of me. When people hit me with a, like a sport, bud, used to be kiddo back in the day, um, used to absolutely annoy the, the shit out of me. Cannot do it. Matt, you got to up his petty. You got you to gotta do something. And I don't, honestly, I don't think calling him sports – good enough you need to you need to up the petty i'm gonna come up with something in the next hour or so and i'm gonna let you know in the discord but we're not gonna stand for that disrespect especially after him neat especially after having a bad week uh, having a bad week and having a bookie text you sport oh i'm sorry bud nah <laughs> unacceptable uh i liked his idea of just to here you go kiddo uh i would say this wait until you win one week though and then drop some sort of like where's my money kiddo (laughs) that would be nice also i would recommend bucko over kiddo i think bucko is a little uh a little more of a slap in the face so fam says these types of interactions are the worst part of gambling outside of a brutal beat calling somebody bud in general should be canceled i had a boss uh in in my last few months of working in the tech industry before i went full-time sports who called me bud on a daily basis. And it was a big boost toward (laughs) going into sports. I've never told that story publicly, but true. Really despise that. So I can relate, Matt. You got to get through this. Uh, Matt also wanted to confirm my height, just for the record. He says, you are 6'3". We were the same height in Houston, but maybe you're just a true professional and uh, you stand up a little straighter in public settings. That's definitely true. Horrible posture guy. Uh, I am 6'3 on my good days for sure. And I said this in the Discord, but if you get a seltzer in my hand with a well silver tequila shot, some would say I'm 6'4. Your your posture has improved over your life, or at least in the in the time span I've known you. <laughs> when you met me, I was just total humpback. <laughs> Not total humpback, but it's definitely, you know, you, <laughs> you know, you ever seen that picture like the evolution of man and they kind of just like straighten up a little bit? That's me. That's okay. somewhat you. All right, fair. 
Basketball Jones says he would like to plus one Carter's idea of doing a weekly Big Ten West update. Maybe call it Battle of the Mid. And then he goes on. Uh, he has Xavier Johnson at 16 is laugh out loud funny. He had a very hearty chuckle at that. If he's the 16th best player in this conference, probably not a whole lot of tournament bids for the Big Ten this year. Also, I agree with you pushing back on lawyers inclusion. The guy just went on a foreign trip and proceeded to shoot eight of 35, 23% from the field and one of 13 from two point range against a bunch of Euro scrubs. Uh, we are going to do one more Big Ten Top 25 reaction segment. I think we're going to have to do it tomorrow because we don't want to hijack Riley Friday. And uh, we tomorrow morning, we should have six through 10 from inside the hall in UM Hoops' list. I will say from my message boards on the UM Hoops board, I have confirmed that one player is not in the top 25 that I have a huge problem with. So we will be talking see, about I that. I did tomorrow. see that this morning. Yeah, we will be talking about that tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Xavier Johnson plays a part in the conversation lab tomorrow. That's for sure. And uh, a battle of the mid weekly update. Yeah, we'll we'll keep doing Big Ten West because I think that's on brand for us. Mid rankings will be making their return though this season. Hundred percent. I miss the mid rankings. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, that we did this two seasons ago. We we got sick of everyone's obsession with rankings. So we put out our own rankings, called it the mid rankings and just ranked the bad things in college basketball. Having Virginia in there twice every week. Yeah, it was fun. Virginia was in there twice. There were 17 names on the list. I also had been plotting this privately, but I'll just say it now. Uh, My plan when unveiling that we were bringing back the mid rankings was that the first set of rankings this season, like the week of the first game, would literally just be the Big Ten rankings, one through 14. <laughs> but hey, we'll see. Okay, Coy, Coy says he'd rather have a national championship than Gonzaga's last 23 years. And he says a team with no natty being in the top 10 at all doesn't make a lot of sense to him. Your thoughts? See, you say that, and I immediately went to agree with Coy, but at the same time, like Michigan State last won their natty in 2000. It's it's been a long, long time, and you can't hold on to that natty forever. Like if your natty was a decade ago, I understand. There's got to be some other things mixed in there. I don't think it's as cut and dry as I would rather take a natty over Gonzaga's last twenty years. But I I think I'm more part of the court of I respect Gonzaga's last twenty years more than the, the public does. Okay, yeah, my problem isn't with them on the list. My problem is them at three. It's ridiculous. And I, I said that in a tweet. I called you clickbait cart uh, because for those that don't know, cart- I don't I don't mean to do it. I think it's because I'm bad at clipping. I don't oh, mean to do it. So, OK, in a loving way, you might be <laughs> so bad at clipping that you're the best at clipping because th- this is a true statement. Our engagement has gone up since you have been tasked with doing clips and not me. So <laughs> that means you're doing something right even if it's a little morally ambiguous in how we do it. And at the, and at the expense of my friend. My my favorite tropes of Carter's clips, he misquotes me daily, but he misquotes <laughs> he misquotes me in a way that makes it spicier, so I guess I'm okay with that. He calls anybody that's like a national media member, he calls every single one of them our good friend. <laughs> Literally, like the tweet just says, our good friend, Jamie Shaw, our good friend, Joe Tipton, our good friend, I don't even know who else. Like DJ Moore. Ha- have these people, they don't know us. They have no idea who we are. Hey, so- listen, Joe Tipton is a good friend of ours, <laughs> and I hoop with CJ Moore at the Final Four 
when you hoop with a point guard, your connection's for life. Okay. I guess that's fair. Does CJ Moore know who you are? Yes, because I rode in an Uber with him. Okay. See, I missed the the hoop day. I missed out yeah, on this, me, this very close me, me, Terrence Oglesby, CJ Moore packed into an Uber, rode back to the hotel. Jamie Shaw does not know who we are, though. No. Uh, yes, he does. Yes, he does. How? <laughs> I know that for a fact. How do you know that? Because he tweeted um, probably like a month ago, uh, send me sports podcast uh, oh, yeah. that I should be listening to. And I responded with sleepers. And he said, oh, yeah, I'm aware of you guys. I think uh, Three Man Weave told me about you guys or something like that. Maybe okay. somebody referenced us. So he knows who we are. Okay. Shout out to Weave. If they, uh, if they also recommend. Jamie Shaw tags me in Michigan State tweets for on three stuff sometimes, so I feel like either he's doing that just because he randomly saw something or he actually knows who I am. Okay, got it. Um, respect our reach, Gregory. Don't sell us. No, I mean, you told me a story privately before we click record today about our reach that I, I still can't get over. <laughs> we're, we're getting unnamed people raises with, with topics that we talk about. I wasn't supposed to say that, but here we are. Um, so, okay. I have a couple things. We're, we're done with the comments here, but I have a couple comments. I want to make comments before we get into our topics. One of them was something we discussed in the discord yesterday that I found really interesting. I'm trying to find the right thread where it was here. Um, but basically if you were a college basketball coach, how would you approach building your team? Like there's a lot of different ways that coaches do. Purdue very clearly has a plan. It's get the biggest center we can get. It's get a, a shot first guard and fill in with three and D guys. Uh, Michigan State, they usually know what they want. There's a lot of athletes mixed in. They want a team that's really big on the glass. They want to get out and run in transition, even though they haven't run a lot the last couple of years. What would your approach be? Would you have like a one size fits all approach? to building a roster and where would it start? Uh, No, I would think I would just have like some main principles and I would just build off of that. So like no one with over a 3.0 GPA can play on my team in the gym. Why are you studying? No, I'm kidding. Uh, Yeah. I think you do have to have some type of like building blocks. I think mine personally would be a dynamic guard. Like, just give me a dynamic guard and I'll fill in around that. And everything is built around that one dynamic guard. Okay. Like, I think that'd be easy for me. Actually, I'll give you three right here. I need a dynamic guard. I need a glue guy. One glue guy. One know your role, do everything for the team. Good glue guy, too. Like, I'm talking like Mark Vital level type glue guy for like those Baylor teams. Um, And then third... see this is where I, I differ from everybody else because i feel like i might be in the camp of i i want respect for the big men but i want i want to i want like a zach ed level like physical type big man a cliff omarui type big man on my team okay so dynamic guard glue guy who can't do anything but glue guy stuff and athletic physically physically imposing big okay all right are those the principles? And then you're just filling in with best player available around that. Yeah. I'm just, I'll, I'll make it work once I get those three. Okay. All right. Uh, I think my approach would basically be get best player available. 
best player available doesn't have to look like anything. It could be a, a super dynamic big. It could be a stretch big. It could be a point guard. It could be a wing. Doesn't matter. Get the best high usage first option you can find. And then surround that first option with four shooters. That's yeah, I mean, my that's role. The, that's the easy choice. I think the one thing we can agree on uh, is that you start with the one player and everything that you do, everything that you do is centered around building around that dude. Wholeheartedly like, agree. At, and I mean every move. I don't care if it, it, it might come to a fact where you got to turn down a really good player. That might actually happen. But if he doesn't fit into the mold around your best player, I I I think you I would not do that. And I think that goes against things I said in the past because I've always been like that guy's talented. Take the best player, you know. At the end of the day, f a fit type situation. But at the same time, I think when building a team, if I am building a team, I want my best player, high usage guy, like you mentioned. Everything I'm doing after that is building around that player. Wholeheartedly agree. Also, yeah. you contradicting yourself was like minus seven hundred on today's episode. So I do gotta stop box. doing that. <laughs> it's, it's I do it every episode. Yeah, but it's now one of my favorite things because I I can't tell if it's a bit or not. I don't think it's a bit, but it works as a bit. And it's I love. Not, I've been trying to bits. find out what my bit is. I don't have a bit yet. I want to have a bit by the time <laughs> season comes around. You have a lot of bits. For the record, but I, they're not they're not bits though. I'm, it's just what I do. This this was a bit. That's a bit. Um, your free four was a bit until it got your coach fired three days later. <laughs> uh, I did have a moment. I did. I did, I went to the free throw line in my men's league game on an and one, and I didn't want five points. I wanted four points, so I missed the free throw on purpose. Why would you want four? Oh, because of four. Got it. Yeah, I. Caffeine brain is hurting me. Uh, you also, you, you, one of your bits is who's the coach? That's a bit. You love that, that bit. Am I all bits? No, you're just, you have really good bits. It's good. It's what makes this work. And okay, my second thing I want to ask you about before we start the show. Uh, you have a tweet from 8.35 a.m. this morning. First of all, I know from experience, you're not always up. At 8 35 a.m. Even on days we're set to record at nine, like sometimes it's a buzzer beater move for you. So no, I, no uh-uh. Oh, that's changed? Yeah. Well, I mean, depending on what I might not respond to you, but every single morning I figured it out. I gotta be up at 8 20. Oh, okay. Then I'm off. I didn't know this new routine. I love that new routine. But anyways, 15 minutes into your morning, uh, you tweeted this morning. The way people move the goalposts for a certain Indiana point guard is nasty work. This has made its way to our Discord. There's some conversation in there. Uh, fam saying Cart's getting in the mix now, too. Classic sleepers trolling a fan base for interactions. That's what Koi says. For the record, we don't usually try to troll. I just sometimes do with Illinois. It happens. I don't think this is you trolling, but uh, I want to ask you about it because we we struggled to come up with three topics today, and one of your proposals for the third topic was we could do Xavier Johnson again. And I overruled you and said, we're not going to do Xavier Johnson because we've shit on Xavier Johnson too much. And we probably will again tomorrow. So my question to you, what's going on here? It's, it's, it's not, okay. It fits because it's Xavier Johnson in this situation, but I do have a, t- a technical rule of thumb. If you're comparing basketball players 
and you bring up anything about percentages that's outside shooting percentages, I usually don't want to listen to your argument. I don't. Like, don't tell me about the turnover percentage. Don't tell me about your assist rate percentage. I don't want to hear that stuff. I'm sorry. And if that makes me less of a basketball mind, that's fine with me. But sometimes those assist rate percentage numbers and things like that are fake. And that's not just at that point guard that I referenced this morning. That goes across the country. Honestly, even my own team, it annoyed me when I was being critical of A.J. Hogard and everyone told me he's leading the country in assist rate percentage. Sick. Okay, sick. It, it didn't always translate to what I was watching in between the lines. So I got a bone to pick with turnover percentage, assist rate percentage, anything related to percentage that isn't shooting percentages. So you got a bone to pick with percentages. That's all it is. Outside of shooting percentages. Not a percentage guy. Not a math podcast. <laughs> okay. We like basketball, not math. Is that it? Because you're not like you have beef with Ken Palm too. You hate all analytics. Well, that's because Ken Palm's like Tracy McGrady on the Atlanta Hawks. Like he's just over. He's he's washed, and that's okay. He was a great, but like he's one of the model be washed. He's one of the greats that can't move on. (laughs) Where's he supposed to go? Why can't Ken Palm do this for thirty years? I mean, he's chasing that farewell algorithm, man. They'll love you like that. Friend of the show for the record. Thanks, Ken Pop, for coming on the show when we were no one. Uh, it, okay, last thing, great. Isn't it kind of annoying when you're watching a team and you watch them over and over again and you watch these things and you you basically fall on what you see with your eyes and you come up with a whole argument on what you've seen with your eyes and then the response to that is, well, when you put it into this or you go to this website – they're a this type. There's a they're a this type team. They're a this type player. Like sometimes that isn't always God. That isn't always word of bond. Kevin Durant said, "Man, we're talking about hoop. Not, don't nobody want to look at graphs." And that can be fifty percent true sometimes. It's not all about algorithms and math. And I love those guys. Shout out to Maradona. That's my guy. But at the same time, that shit isn't perfect. Okay. Uh, yeah. I to to Xavier Johnson specifically though. My issue here is I don't even think the numbers make him look good. So, like I I hear the arguments of like we're trying to diminish other guys and prop up this guy because of a certain whatever rate percentage you can pull at that shows one in a positive light and one in a negative light. It's ignoring the context that when like comparing Xavier Johnson, who played next to the second best player in the country. Trace Jackson Davis and a lottery pick who ran the backcourt with him. And quite frankly, the team got better when Xavier Johnson went down and Huchifino took on a bigger role. That's when Indiana's season took off. It's ignoring the context to be like, oh, Boo Booey's percentages are worse because Boo Booey took way tougher shots than Xavier Johnson should have had to take at Indiana. Like you would expect Indiana's starting point guard to be more efficient when they're playing next to Trace Jackson Davis and Hochefino. That when they're playing next to Chase Adige and Brooks Barnheiser and whoever was at center, the Clarkston kid. So I don't I don't think you need to leap through hoops to make Xavier Johnson look good because I don't even think he looks good when you leap through the hoops to make him look good. So 
Um, that's that's my stance. We'll talk more about Big Ten point guard stuff tomorrow again with what I teased when uh when the list gets finalized basically from inside the hall and UM hoops. Xavier Johnson's name will get brought back up in context of somebody else who's not on the list. For today, though, let's move on to our three topics. Should we can we do a deep breath? I feel like this was an all over the place beginning to the episode. Are you feeling okay? I'm not trying to start conflict. Piss me off, man. I feel like you are trying to start conflict, though. I'm not. I'm not because I hate being that person. Like he's a good Big Ten player, but damn, man. I mean, yesterday you clipped from the sleepers account word for word. Xavier Johnson is not a top twenty-five player. And then you today tweeted from your personal account that you should not be moving the goalpost to defend him. I think I said top 20. I think you want beef. I think I said top 20. Can we fact check that? Can right now. I can. That's that thing. That's easy enough for me. I think it's, I think it's 25. I think he should be an honorable mention. And that's just like, there's some good players in an honorable mention, by the way. Like we're just acting like that's the worst place to be. Also some good players, not in the honorable mention more on that. Xavier Johnson is not a top 20 player in the big 10 is what I said. Okay. That's, that's still coming after the guy. All right. I'm done. I'm done coming after everybody after this episode. I'm not saying anything bad about anybody anymore. No, I don't want that. I just am wondering what the grudge is with Xavier. It's it's honestly not even him. It's everybody else. It's the fan base. Okay. Like God, like like okay. And this is gonna this is gonna start something. But like we're we're here now. I'm scrolling my timeline and I'm seeing Xavier Johnson is top ten point guard in the country. Like why are we tweeting that? Are you gonna name a name? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sick of this discourse for real. I'm actually getting upset. I think you should name a name. I think it's a I think it was Assembly Hall. Okay. Assembly call. Yeah, them. They hate us already because we said Mike Woodson sleeps. Carter's words, not mine. On Assembly Call, by the way. I'm just I'm just quoting Carter Elliott, not myself. Okay. Let's move on. I like those guys, by the way, but they still tweet that I can't believe you tweeted that. Like that's insane. Top ten point guard in the country. Yeah, I guess. Like, that's just, that's not, you can't argue that. That is a wrong statement. That's a wrong statement. Breaking news, fan site that we like. It does a good job, but fan site is too high on one of their team's players. That's not breaking news. That's, <laughs> that happens at Spartan Hoops. That happens at UM Hoops. That happens at uh, whatever the Illinois site is that hated us. I'm not going to name their name, but like they go around the conference. Surprisingly, the fan sites are a little too high on their own players. It just is what it is. We're well, in a weird spot because we don't like each other's teams. So we, we counterbalance each other. You can't be high on AJ Hogart and Malik Hall because I'm not. I can't be high on Doug McDaniel because you're not. It's a nice dynamic. It's great. And I just had to name names and we're probably going to have beef with all these people now, but I'm a fan of all their work. I'm a fan of all their work. I love this conference. I think they all have a role and they all do great jobs. But yeah, Indiana thinking Xavier Johnson is a top 10 player in the country, top 10 point guard in the country is crazy, but it's not surprising because they're an Indiana site. What are they supposed to do? They probably think Trey Galloway is a top 23 indie wing too. Are you okay? You seem demoralized. I'm good. 
I don't feel like this is good. I don't feel like, do you want to put a bow on this somehow? Anything? Or you want to just move on? Ah, you know what? I guess after all this discourse and all this talk, we'll just see what happens when the ball gets rolling out there and the players are in between the lines. Hope everybody stays healthy and has a good time. Can we talk about your, your Detroit lions? This should be a happy topic. Let's get Carter, (laughs) Carter's mojo back. CJ Gardner Johnson. Uh, is already in the running for my favorite lion in a couple decades. Matt Stafford previously held this position. Gardner Johnson is the new one. He has a historically fun quote uh, about wearing ski masks that I feel like you are all over as a fan of right now. I'm going to pull up the quote just so we read it word for word. Um, He says, we're villains, right? It's part of us. It's the culture. I'm changing it. And then he encouraged fans to wear blue ski masks to the game. He wants T Grizzly at the game. Uh, what Coach Brad say? We're villains, right? It's the culture. I'm changing it. No paper bags, ski masks. We're taking what's ours. One, do you believe him? And two, I'm sure you love the quote. How much do you love the quote? Oh, the last line is absolute bar. The, we're not wearing brown paper bags anymore. We're wearing ski masks. We're taking what's ours. Like that's the that might be the most elite bar of all time. And in my fandom as a Lions, uh, you know, a Lions fan, never have, I don't, I don't think we've ever had a player like, like, like Gardner Johnson necessarily. Like, and I'm not even speaking to his skill level, what he does on the field. I think he's a really good football player, but just like the swag that he has, the leadership, the talking, the talk, like we never had that type of player. Like Stafford was our leader, well, Stafford wasn't a talker. Like, he was just a, I'll go out there and die for the Honolulu Blue type player. Garner Johnson's like, we're changing this shit. People need to stop looking at us like we're the same old Lions for real. You need to be worried about us. You need to respect us. And I love the energy. I truly do. And I don't think it's like fake energy either. Like, if we lose that first game, I think he's still bringing that same energy. If we lose this game, I think he's still bringing that same energy. And I'm I'm just glad he's embracing it because I'm – Sometimes I hate that humble noise. You know me as a person. I like I like a little bit of talk. Let's talk our talk. We won our first game. We went on the road. We went in Arrowhead. They tried to put an asterisk on that shit. We don't care. We ran up in there and beat them on their ring night. Like that happened. That's a fact. We're 1-0. Some teams woke up this week and they weren't 1-0. Nasty behavior. Couldn't be me. So I love the energy. And, and we're getting everybody involved. Like the fan base is fired up right now. I ordered my blue ski mask off Amazon and it's going to take until the 20th to get here. Like it's, it's on back order. That's how that's he, the city's going right now. And it's going to be crazy in Ford field on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I think championship teams need a chip on their shoulder and there's a large leap to be made from what the Detroit lions are to championship team. I'm not trying to say they are a championship team, but Gardner Johnson comes from a championship level team. And he right. comes from a very important role on a championship level team. And, and and last thing about this, it's a real chip too. This isn't like front runner energy. It's a real chip. Like people all around NFL have been disrespecting us. And maybe it's for good reason because of what we've done in the past. I'm not here to argue that or not, but it's always, oh, it's the same old lines. Oh, I'm not drinking the blue Kool-Aid. Oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. It's not, it's not the same old lines. It's not the same old lines that we lose Sunday. It's this, this team is not the same old lions. It all changed literally last year when we were one and six. Since then, something happened that this team flipped the switch and we got guys now too. And we got belief. And we yeah. got a handsome quarterback who looks like 
can. So Campbell, I mean, Campbell we're, deserves we're a lot of credit. He did a good job because I think he, he won. They've drafted incredibly, right? The last couple of seasons, the, the draft classes have been like, that's the core of this team now is the draft classes. These aren't necessarily guys who know the Detroit Lions before the Dan Campbell Lions. So when you're in that locker room and all you know is one of the greatest motivators in sports right now telling you what you are, and then you bring in a veteran star who's the leader of your defense that's also backing that up with, no, nah, like I'm a champ and now I'm on this team. We're champs. Like, I think it's hard to even, like, if I'm a player in that locker room, how would you even know the same old Lions? And the the fact that Campbell has this roster in a spot where the core of this team can view it that way, because holdover guys would still have those doubts in their minds. They just straight up would. And there are some holdover guys who have been around who are playing good football right now for this team. But overwhelmingly, he's built a new roster with this, and it's his. And that's why it's a brand new era, in my opinion. But yeah, Gardner Johnson is like, you're right. We needed somebody who was unafraid to go be the guy who's going to take the criticism when something goes wrong. Like it's going to now the fingers are going to point to CJ, and CJ is perfectly okay with that. And I don't think the Lions have had that in the past. Matthew Stafford's like just abundantly not online and like fun guy. You like him, but that's not necessarily like what the locker room needs as a voice. Darius Slay tried to be that. I think he was a me guy, though, in my opinion. Everything Darius Slay did was was himself focused. And that's fine. Like he's a good player. He's hooping for Philly right now. But um, I think it's important. Like CJ Gardner Johnson has embraced this franchise and this city in a way I didn't expect from a free agent signing. So I'm in. What do you, what do you think? Are they going to blow out the Seahawks? I don't think they're going to blow out the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks uh, were actually in a tough position because the Seahawks had a letdown in week one by losing at home to the Rams division opponent without their best player in Cooper cup. Uh, So I think they're going to be going to have a little extra motivation for this game, but I, you know, the the four field is going to be crazy. I think the energy with the Lions right now is amazing. And the team is actually good, too. By the way, like, we got guys, St. Brown, good. Jameer Gibbs, good. Shit, Sam Laporta, good. Jack Campbell, good. Branch, good. We got good players on our team. So, I think I expect them to win the football game. That's kind of how I approach it now. Like, I expect them at home to beat good football teams. So, Isn't that a crazy feeling? It's It's weird. It's, it's fun. It, it's oh, so it's a, fun. It's a, oh, it's a lot of fun. And I'm just glad that we got rid of the stench of the fat bearded man with the Ticonderoga number two pencil in his ear all the time. Now it can be great. We're not a body shaming podcast, but we are a Matt Patricia shaming podcast. Enjoy Philly fat ass. Okay. God, man. Uh, I would like to make a prediction. Don't blame me. I'm pissed off this episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is it Xavier Johnson's fault? No, it's everyone's fault. I'd like to make a prediction. Uh, last season, the Detroit Lions did not make the playoffs because of the Seahawks loss. You can point to other losses, but I would single out the loss to Seattle. I think it was a 48 to 45 game. If yeah, I remember we let correctly. we let like Rashad Penny had like 250 yards rushing. It was embarrassing. Yeah. They didn't punt once. Yeah. We did we did not stop them. They scored a touchdown every single drive of that game. If we had gotten one stop 
the Detroit Lions make the playoffs, I have a prediction. This is a shutout win for Detroit at home. Wow. This is a zero points Seattle Seahawks game. I don't know how much Detroit wins. I'm not saying it's a blowout. It might be like an ugly six to nothing game somehow. In fact, I still have some questions about the Detroit offense. What I don't have a question about is that everyone in that locker room remembers that they scored every single drive last game. And like I said, the the chip is real and the talent is real. More importantly, I think this is a statement defensive win for Detroit. And I genuinely think they don't score. I, I hope that happens. Because you guys thought one and oh cart was unbearable. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Two and oh cart's gonna be some gonna be something special. See what happens. Okay, let's go to college football world. We've spent a lot of time the last two days on the saga at Michigan State. Uh, it continues to be messy. Right now, the latest update that I saw was uh, Mel put his statement out. Brenda basically denied the statement. Those two had a little bit of a back and forth. There was an update last night that uh, Brenda Tracy basically confirmed she was not the one who wanted this to go public. Someone, an unconfirmed third source, uh, wanted or not wanted, leaked her name, basically her identity in this. And once it became clear that her name was going to be made available to the public, she did what she could to tell the full story from her side. So uh, that's a very interesting note, in my opinion, probably warrants a discussion. We're not going to discuss that on this video. Maybe we will at some point next week. What we are going to discuss right now is uh, Michigan State football as a program. Harlan Barnett steps in as the interim head coach. Mark D'Antonio is the associate head coach. He's going to be on a headphone, we are told. Harlan Barnett is doing the interviews right now. He's sort of taking on the face of Michigan State football amidst this crisis. So I want to put it to you. Who should Michigan State football commit to as their head coach long-term? Is it Harlan? Is it Mark? Should they go for an outside hire? And if they do go for an outside hire, who are the candidates you think would make sense? Okay, so I I guess I'll go through an order, kind of what you spoke about on this. Um, I do not think that Mark should be the next head coach. I do not. I think that, like I mentioned on the last episode, he's kind of brought in as a stabilizer in this situation, a familiar face, familiar with the program. Um, and like you mentioned, too, he's a kind of a culture energy Spartan dog guy obviously, because he created that culture. So having that as a stabilizing feature while all this mess is going on around the football program is going to be massive. Do not think that should translate into him actually taking over the head coaching job, nor do I think he really wants to, uh, for reasons I talked about yesterday, you know, given his time he's already put into the program, age, everything else that's going on in his life. Uh, I think it would take a special season for uh, Harlan to be the head coach. I don't necessarily would put him on the high list of guys I'd want to be my head coach. But at the same time, if he has an unreal season this year and something happens where we're just, I don't know, we, we don't, we lose one game, we lose two games and we make a new year's game bowl. It's, it's going to be hard. There's going to be decisions to be made, but I, I don't really necessarily see that happening. So I do think it's an outside hire and I came up with some names or I have two guys that I would personally want for this football team. Uh, I think it's guys that have built programs. Uh, I think it's guys that do good as far as recruiting and transfers. Um, and also with the Big Ten shifting and bringing in like the West Coast teams, I think actually having a coach from the West Coach who has West Coast ties 
would help a little bit in getting those guys over to Michigan State. So I had two names, and they're not realistic maybe. They might be realistic. I don't know. These are just the two names I picked. I got Whittingham from Utah. I think he's a really, really good coach. I think he's done a really good job of building that Utah program in a tough Pac-12 to go up against the likes of like USC and UCLA. And I just think he's overall a really good football coach. And no coincidence for my second choice here, and I'd be interested to hear what you got to say on this, uh, Kalen DeBoer from Washington. And go ahead and bring Penix with you for another year, for seventh year. <laughs> but I do think he's a really good football coach. I think he's done great things at Washington, building that program up as well. Uh, I didn't necessarily mean for this to come from two Pac-12 schools, but it just kind of went out that way in my head. And the other choice I had was another Pac-12 school, Coach Smith from Oregon, Oregon State. I think Oregon State's actually been really, really good these past couple of years in a situation where they don't have a lot of money or resources. And he's done a pretty good job both in recruiting and the transfer portal. So those are the three guys I have. Uh, I'd love for you to rank those those choices for me. Okay. Give me the, the cycle in order again. Who do you want me to rank? Uh, Whittingham, DeBoer, and Smith. Smith from Oregon State. DeBoer won. I don't have a preference between the other two. That no, really? Be- DeBoer over Whittingham? Mm-hmm. See, I that think would- Whittingham would be my first choice. Really? Yeah, after you make Nick Saban say no. Is that because you think he's the best football coach or because you think he's the most likely? Also, you got to get chuckle out of that same joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to work that, that in there. You, you, you make Coach Sala say no from the Jets, okay? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is hurt. Get rid of Zach Wilson. Come Sala was – they they were after Sala when they hired Tucker, right? Uh, I don't know. No, I think he was with the Jets already. He was one of the rumored finalists. Oh, I was went he? back and I was looking at, like, articles from when they were – after Mel, it was like it was Fickle, Sala, and Tucker. Because oh, I was at least I was under the impression that Sala was always an NFL guy, but he might have been obviously... bound there anyway. But I think there was at least a phone call on it. But... Okay, yeah, got <laughs> nothing. I love more than the make them say no comment when a coaching search is on. You just got to make them say no. Uh, but no, I think Whittingham's the best out of those football coaches. And my Utah bias might be showing. You know how I feel about Utah. I just think it's a. I think he's a really good football coach. I think he's built something great there. And it it was it wasn't like that before he got there. Okay. Yeah, I think DeBoer would be my pick with or without Penix. Penix is awesome, but uh, DeBoer's offenses is fun. Yeah, but I think I'm shaded by that. I'm shaded by that, you. You want to see that offense in Spartan <laughs> Stadium? I don't blame you there. I'm a fun offense guy. What's uh like? Okay, can we put some percentage chances on this? Like percent chance outside hire versus percent chance Harlan Barnett. You really set me up for failure when you ask me about percentages. Things you really do. You do hate uh, percentages. I do hate percentages. Um, I'm reflected by my percentages when I played. Uh, I would say. Like is it a greater say, than greater than 50-50 chance that yes, Harlan Barnett is the higher, coach? Like, I think outside of higher 70 inside okay. 30. How much of it depends on how good Barnett does this season? Like if Harlan Barnett somehow beats Michigan, is he the coach no matter what else happens? I think it makes the decision tougher, but I don't think he ends up being the next head coach. Okay. I I can promise you this. If Harlan Barnett is the interim head coach and Michigan State beats Michigan, he's the head coach. I Just guess. beats Michigan? 
<laughs> Why do you think Mel got a contract? I mean, I mean, Mel went I eleven. Get it. No, I, no. I get Mel it. Mel did a lot season, more than beat Michigan. He went eleven and two. It's a good season. It's a good season. Um, I just I think that that program places, and you, I'm not even saying it's wrong to place such importance on it, but I think that program is built around placing 100 percent of their importance on beating Michigan. That's fine, but also a lesson that needs to be learned from this is that that shouldn't carry so much weight because we did that and we ended up with, I, we ended up tied up the mail for 95 million. Yeah, I think that's true. I th- And I think Michigan state is also like in a place where they should be able to both supremely care about the rivalry, care about it more than Michigan does, but also see the bigger picture that they could compete nationally beyond just beating Michigan. Um, so yeah. Okay. All right. I think, uh, I think there's a higher chance Barnett sticks than you just said, but I do you as have any, fan, do you have any preference at all? Not, I, I don't know enough about Harlan. I want to see what his football either, either like. do either do I speaking personally. I don't. So it, I would need to know more, I guess. I want to see what his football team looks like for a couple games before I go harshly in either direction. I know, I think DeBoer on paper is a better head coach than a guy who hasn't done it. But um, again, let's give him a shot. We'll see what happens. I just think, I think if Michigan state like overachieves and I think there's a decent chance this roster overachieves given the scandal, like I think expectations are as low as they possibly could be. Noah Kim just won big 10 player of the week. Like there's a chance this team wins this some games they're not supposed to. And if they do, like, what do you do? Like if, whether it's Harlan or whether it's Mark, I think it would be Harlan and not Mark. If one of those two, attaches themselves to a team that wins more games than they should here and then says, I want to be the head coach. Like, I don't, I don't know how you go outside of that if they do well, but they have to do well first. They might not do well. And then national hire comes in. What's uh <laughs> last question for me on this. Is there like a budget? Like if they were to go national hire, they're not going to make the Mel mistake again. Are they like, what's, what does budget look like for a head coach for Michigan state today? Depends on how much we're going to have to end up paying Mel. Yeah. You got to def- decide that first and then figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Make Brian Hartline say no. <laughs> it's going to be fascinating to watch. Let's do a, a quick college basketball game. I want to go through the major conferences. I want you to tell me what team you think is the highest probability to make the final four from that conference. Let's go in alphabetical order except I don't have a list of alphabetical order conferences in front of me. So uh, I'm going to guess at alphabetical order. Let's start with ACC. Who is the best bet (laughs) to make the final four? That's a a pretty good start there. Um, Oh, ACC. I I think the obvious choice is Duke. Trying to think of who the others, like you could put Carolina in there. You could put Miami in there. We did Miami as a long shot. I don't think there's anybody else that would threaten Duke here, really. No, I don't think so. I do think that people are a little bit too low on UNC this year. Hmm. Like, I don't think they, I don't think they factor in like Harris. I think, well, I think a lot of that is based on I'm a lot higher on Harrison Ingram than others, and also their Cormac has done some things to me. Yeah, Pause. yeah, PTSD like, a little bit. Yeah, he's he can really shoot the ball, and Ingram's good, and Cadeau is is really really good. You still got Armando Baycott. Are we sure Cadeau's good? good? Are we sure Cadeau's uh, good? 
Are we I positive? Am, I am. There's nothing I'm more sure about than Cadeau being good. Does good translate for sure, though? Like, yes, I agree. Because Cadeau is Cadeau could end up being the best passer in college basketball. I don't think reclassify point guards work. I don't, I, I don't care. I don't think they work. Ever. It's a different, it's a different type of reclass for him. He was old. I don't think He's they old. work ever. That's all I'm He's saying. Old. I don't, I don't think they work ever. I would uh, feel unbelievably confident in putting the fact that Cadeau is a guy this year. Okay. We might have to wager this, but we both agree it's Duke. Duke is the most probable Final Four team from the ACC without question. Yes. Even with us being down on Proctor and even with you not liking Jeremy Roach. Yeah, it's the rest of the team still really good. Okay. I'm curious if they're going to have some unhappy guys. They got a lot of guys that should play a lot of minutes. Got to see what Shire's about. Including a shout out Jaden Shoot just withering away. Next to a Gatorade cooler, like, yeah, that's crazy to me. Right, and he just he just content, part of the brotherhood, man. All right, let's move to Big East. Who is the most likely Final Four team from the Big East? Hmm. I'm gonna go Creighton. Ooh, I'm gonna go Creighton. Okay. I'm in on Trey Alexander. I'm in on Shireman. Healthy Colt Brenner. Like, I'm in on that team. I will say I've let people convince me on Ashworth. This is not my own work and my own doing, but people have been telling me and convincing me that Ashworth, it, it's not going to be a fall off like people think, and he can be really good. So I'm buying into that as well. Okay. I'm still remaining an Ashworth skeptic. I also want to point out that Trey Alexander retweeted one of the clips that you clipped last week. And in said clip, I accused his head coach of basically being racist so <laughs> I found that a very interesting dynamic. Once again, hashtag clickbait cart on his A game. <laughs> but, um, I, I'm not going crazy. I'm too skeptical on Ashworth for now. I want to see it. They could be really good. I think the Big East might sneak up on everybody and be the best conference in college basketball this year. I know they were good last year, but it, like, it was pretty much the Big 12. The Big 12 was so good, even though the Big East was good, nobody cared. I think this year the Big 12 might take a step back. Kansas is going to be great. Kansas State might not be what they were last year. Baylor's not what they were last year. Houston, we got to see, but they lost a lot. And then, like, I know we're going to do Big 12 later, but there's just a lot of teams I'm skeptical of there. Big East, I'm very confident. Creighton, UConn, Marquette are all top 10 teams in the country. And then you got some long shots at, like, Villanova and others. Who's their coach? Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, wait, you talking about Marquette or Villanova? <laughs> well, I'll, my pick for who's the most likely Final Four team is Marquette. Craig. It's Marquette. Why? Because I think they're the best roster. It has nothing to do with okay. coach. Okay. I don't I don't trust any of the coaches in here though, other than are we saying we trust Dan Hurley now? No, I'm not saying I'm not saying we trust Dan Hurley, but like You trust Greg McDermott? No. So, like, you I, mean, I, honestly, I might trust Hurley, to be honest. I might. Yeah, I think it's a miss that neither one of us picked UConn. But look, man, Marquette brings their whole backcourt back just like Michigan State does. They only lose one center. They're going to be good. And they got some dudes that were like sixth men last year that are going to play real minutes. So I'll buy some Marquette stock. Thank you for that picture. Let's go to the Big 12, who I've been accusing of being a little overrated. Also, I'm out of order on alphabetical already, but oh well. Uh, who's the most likely team to make the Final Four in the Big 12? 
I think I hate doing like chalk, but I do think it's Kansas. Has to be Kansas because of Has the questions on everybody else. I want, oh God, I want to pick Texas so bad. If you weren't allowed to pick Kansas, does it become Texas? Texas? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, for the record, I had Texas in my final four and not Kansas. So I think by default, I should be required to pick Texas. There will be a, there will be a Texas future placed by me for the fifth year in a row. I can get behind that, but I'm too impatient for futures. I want to be, I want to be a young John Martin to the big 10. Surprise, surprise. Who is your pick for most likely team to make final four? Purdue. Dyke. Michigan State, stop playing with me. Don't don't light up like that. What's wrong with you? I did light up. That's bad. I know you did. I got so excited. Okay. Michigan State. Yeah, it's Purdue. Purdue's better at everything than Michigan sleeper, State. Sleeper big time Final Four team? You can't yep. pick the top two? Illinois. We already did this. Illinois. Illinois? I'd go to Maryland. Yeah, you already said that a week ago. <laughs> we both did. To the Pac-12. <laughs> Who's the most likely Final Four team for the Pac-12? It's been a fun episode today, man. Shut up, man. Uh, I'm actually going to go Colorado. I'm going to go Colorado. Uh, it would have been USC, but I, you know, no Bronny. Uh, uh, maybe I don't know. We don't really know if he's gonna play. Collier's dynamic, Boogie's dynamic. I think that Colorado team has a lot of talent. I like Boyle as a coach as well. Uh, they got they have at least one NBA guy on that team in Silva. So I think I'm gonna go with Colorado. I think they're gonna have a really really good year. Um, in the Pac-12. I, I, damn, I probably messed up by not picking like, like Arizona or USC, but I want to go a little non chalky on this one and go Colorado. Didn't even mention UCLA for the record either. Um, I, I this might be the lack of caffeination talking. I'm picking Arizona as the most likely Final Four team from this conference. That's not for, like, that, that's a good that's a solid pick. Well, Caleb Love, like I I can't believe I'm picking a team with Caleb. He's been, Love. he's been to a Final Four before. He's also been coming off the bench, which is most important for me with them. Uh, I I don't think anybody in this conference will make a Final Four though. So by default, I have to pick Arizona, but I don't UCLA is too young. Arizona at least has like some vets. I trust with a mix of talent. USC is way too many question marks. And are we really picking Colorado? Like, I know we like Colorado, but are we really picking Colorado? Really? I'm sorry. I'm just mesmerized by how perfect that was the whole time that you had, like your, you had this going on. And when you do that, you're spitting by the way. So like I'm in. To the SEC, who's the most likely Final Four team from the SEC? I'm going with Kentucky. Okay. Did you consider any others? I wanted to reach and pick Auburn, but I think I'm going to stick with Kentucky. Okay. Um... I'm I'm going to agree with you. It's tough with the SEC, not because I don't think anybody can make the Final Four, but because I think there's a lot of teams I feel equally good about that have quite, like, I like Auburn. I like Kentucky. I could be talked into Alabama, 
and we haven't even mentioned Muss, and I trust Muss more than anybody in this conference to like maximize a March run. So I'll pick Kentucky because I like their roster the best out of that group. But I think all of those teams are kind of slept on because of what they lost. And I think we'll surprise and be better than people think. I like that. I think Cal's going to end though. Like before Cal leaves this sport, he's going to end with a season where no one expects him to make a final four and he does. And he just like wins a national championship. It's going to happen. I can see it. I think it's definitely going to happen to the final power conference. uh, We moved to the West coast conference where Gonzaga, the third best program in college basketball has not won a national title and has only made two final fours in 20 years, but they've been winning the West coast every single year. So they're the third best program in the sport, which team in the West coast conference is most likely to make a final four this season. Carter Elliott, is it the third best program in the country or is it God forbid someone else? No, it's the team that I mentioned on the last episode that I think everyone's sleeping on. It's it's St. Mary's St. Mary's Aiden Mahaney. He's the guy. Everyone knows he's the guy. Bennett's the great coach. They got experience. They play a great style of basketball. And they they win a lot of games by out-coaching people, actually, and playing their style. And I think that you take that style and you put it with a, a guy like Aiden Mahaney, I think it could be something special. I agree at St. Mary's. Can we agree that if St. Mary's wins this conference, Gonzaga drops out of the top 10 programs in college <laughs> basketball? They almost won it last year, didn't they? Yeah, it was a share. But if if it's taken, if the crown is taken off their heads, can we bump Gonzaga down? Because they lost it for like, what, the first time since when? When was the last time they lost that conference? I think by default, if St. Mary's is better than you, you should no longer be one of the top 10 programs in the country. Well, you were arguing for Michigan to be there. St. Mary's isn't better than Michigan. They're not better than Michigan this year. They're not in the same conference. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm just, I, oh, you're just talking about in the WCC. Okay. Okay. We're going to get feisty then in the episode. That's what it is. All right. I get your little. Where would Michigan out. finish this year in the WCC? Third. Maybe second. They might not be worse than Gonzaga. Definitely third, though. Wow. wow. That's a statement. It's come back to me. Nolan Hickman's their best player. Let's see how that goes. Olivier Kamal would be the best player on Gonzaga. Bar none. No questions asked. Better than Nebhardt? Yeah. Ooh. I'm. This is going to bite me because anytime you doubt a Nemhard, you look stupid. <laughs> it's just like, it's so true. If you doubt a Nemhard, you look that's, stupid, stupid. That's actually so true. It's 100% true. You can never, ever turn your back on a Nemhard. He's got to show me, though. He's got to show me. Like, I think Creighton's issues often involved RJ Nemhard's problems last season. I don't know that he's going to go fix everything at Gonzaga. Siri, place Bob Cousy future for Nebhard. Let's go to one big thing presented by Big B. Big B has made me jittery because I've been drinking so much Big B over the last few weeks. So today I'm not drinking Big B, but all I can think about is how much I miss my Big B coffee. What's your one big thing today, Cart? So my one big thing today is it's actually a question to everybody out there because I want to know if I'm crazy because Another thing I had to deal with when I woke up this morning is I was, I'll use the word scorned, scorched, maybe even the word belittled a little bit because I bought scented toilet paper and scented um, 
paper towel. I went to the store after the gym last night. I was walking to the section. It caught my eye that there was some lavender scented toilet paper and lavender scented paper towel. I thought, oh, wow, that looks nice packaging. I like the smell of lavender. Let me try this out. Let me grab this. Let me bring this home. Little did I know that's just, that's just a no-no. Is Am I in the wrong for thinking that you could get scented in lavender scented toilet paper and paper towel? And, and, and I'm asking you this, G, and I'm asking the world this because I'm being told that it was just a completely asinine move. And I want either people to pile on me or people to tell me that, you know, I'm right. So that's my one big thing for today. Is it okay to buy scented products? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it is, I think. Yeah. Have you ever had scented toilet paper? No. You ever, I had also, paper, paper, you ever had scented paper towel? I haven't smelled anything since 2017. What? Yeah, it just doesn't work. Why? What happened? I don't know. I've, I'm a very congested human at all times. We're going to have to unpack that at some point. What? Yeah, it just is what it is. It's a fact about me. But like, you can buy scented things. I don't think I would notice them, but you should buy them. Do you use scented deodorant? Um, yeah. Okay. See, I don't really like scented deodorant, but I See, don't. I don't, like... I don't notice it. <laughs> this I I never knew this. Yeah, this I mean, is, if I, like, this if explains I your stick, palate. If I took like a stick of deodorant and like really intended to smell it, all right. Can we wrap the episode? I want to wrap the episode. What's your one big thing, Greg? My one big thing is that you're doing a great job. I just want to say that. I really appreciate working with you. You're a friend and a scholar and uh, the most entertaining person I know. And uh, you're, you're really doing a great job. I look forward to this every single day. Thanks, Greg. That means a lot to me. We'll be back on Thursday uh, of the Sleepers Podcast. Have a good Wednesday, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.